joining me tonight is Jess. Hey guys. And Nicole. Hello. And tonight we are doing A Quiet Place Part 2, the much-anticipated pushed-back-a-year like every other movie in the world. Uh, but we all saw A Quiet Place, the first one, together, and I recall we all liked it, correct? Yep. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I liked that as well. Yeah, unique concept. They've done a bunch of things since then. There's like a movie on Netflix that has a similar thing to A Quiet Place. and I'm pretty sure another... that that one came out first, but I might be wrong. I think what happened was that one got like written first, and it didn't get, actually get like made first. Mm. And I haven't seen that one, but I've heard it's uh, not as good. You know, I've, I haven't no, seen no, it, no. So fully the judge. one, the one with the um, that's not the same. I guess. Never mind. Which one are you thinking of? I think it's called Hush with the deaf woman whose house gets intruded. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's not really the same. That's more like if that's just like the one woman's deaf, and then there's a. It's like a slasher movie. That's a good movie. I like that one too. Oh, uh, I saw is... actually. I saw that recently. Like when I was in California, that was good too. Yeah, Hush is good. I think we all we all like that as well. Interesting. Well, yeah. this is Quiet Place Part Two, and this is what is going on. Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. So this is a sequel to the original one. There is a flashback that shows you a little bit of extra stuff. But if you haven't seen it, it's in theaters now. So go check it out if you have any interest, because we're going to spoil it like we always do. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting good reviews across the board. High critical, high user. So we were excited to see that. And uh, this is what we think about Quiet Place Part 2. I was Place thinking Part we two. should just do like a blank podcast for 45 minutes and be like, that's the Quiet Place 2 review and just be silent the whole time that would be really terrible that would be a terrible idea do us do a sign language podcast uh yeah no no we're not doing that in theaters go check it out gonna spoil it we rate things here at films with the women in my life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. And the movie starts with the flashback over a year before the events of the first film. Uh, it's the Abbott family. It's the family we followed the original one. And they're at a baseball game, the son, uh, Marcus. And they also meet a guy there uh, who's going to actually come back later. He's like another parent of kid. Uh, his name is Emmett. Uh, and they, uh, this is the first day this whole thing happens, so while the game's happening, there's, like, the meteor strike coming onto Earth, and then pretty soon the blind alien creatures uh, start attacking the town and ripping people up, and, uh... You mean the see, Demogorgons? You know, they're very Demogorgon-like, like, this is the most, this is exactly. straight-up Demogorgon, yeah. Extremely, extremely similar. I think I said uh, they were the Demogorgon's cousin last time or something. Yeah, instead of coming from the upside down, they come from space, and uh, they're, they're they are a very very similar design. Um, but they are they're ripping people up. They're going fast, and we know how these creatures work from the first one. They are very dangerous. There's only a few ways you can kind of kill them, which they get to in the uh, the rest of the movie. So after we see this uh, this flashback, giving us some more context, uh, the Abbott family has to leave the uh, like little ranch not ranch little farm that they built uh fire st uh, starts so they have to take the newborn baby and uh the two kids 
and go on the road past the sand path that they made in the first one so that they didn't make noise. So be very careful. They stumble upon, uh, it's like an old mill, like an old like steel mill factory thing. Uh, it's rigged with booby traps, and we find the, 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 young, the young kid uh, gets, gets hit by one Marcus. And we find out that Emmett, gets played by Killian Murphy, the old friend, is living there. He's the only one there. He has no family left. Uh, and he's warning them of the dangers of the rest of the world. Uh, so Evelyn is the mom, Emily Blunt, she's trying to keep the family alive. And the real uh, the go-getter in this one is Millicent Simmons' character, Regan, or Reagan, Regan. And she's the deaf one, and she wants to use this, uh, use her hearing aid, uh, the the power that they used in the first one to kill him. The, the you do like a loud, um, what is it like, static wave? Some frequency, or, of too, so yeah, high or something. Yeah, really high frequency fucks with these things, and uh, so she wants to go and find this tower because they hear uh, someone playing Beyond the Sea on the radio. They haven't heard music in forever so this is a very big deal so they go she wants to go find the radio tower so she can blast it over the radio and fuck with fuck up all the all the demigorgons for lack of a better <laughs> lack of a better term uh so then there's other things that happen there's a lot of little the story kind of splits off and follows our different characters doing different things that's enough of a starting point let's start with nicole today what did you think of the plot of this second quiet oh place? well thank you i was excited to see this because i like we said i like or like the first one i did i didn't see any trailers or anything did i see any yeah because the one of the scenes actually looked really familiar to me i thought it was in the first ep- one but i guess it was just in the trailer um in the, beginning, the driving scene when she's backing up yeah on the street to try to get back to the husband and the thing like jumps on the front of her car that was like the first jump scare of all the people in the theater screaming about it um we had a very full theater yes yeah that that was kind of a blessing and a curse though with the theater because i swear to god like i don't know what has cursed me in this life but i always get stuck next to the little kid eating the whole time and rustling a bag of popcorn for two hours and i i was so irate i actually gave this kid like a stare down because i'm like dude don't you know the name of the fucking movie like this little eight-year-old is sticking his hand in the bag every 30 seconds that's just such a distraction it was really frustrating um but luckily the the movie was luckily the movie was good enough to look past that or or hear past that so that it didn't completely ruin my experience. But I I was curious to see how this movie was going to go um, based off the first one of, you know, the, the father is dead now. How are they going to survive with this newborn and, you know, continue to live in this world not knowing how many of these thingies there are all around. So the storyline itself is pretty interesting. I don't understand, though, how this is the first time they're seeing fire from another person when this seems to have been over a year now. I can't imagine that they haven't looked in that direction in a year, but okay, I guess I can give that a pass. The other thing that kind of throws me off a little bit, the plot doesn't quite make sense to me in regards to, I don't, can't tell how many of these things there are the scary things which we can get into a little bit later once we find this remote area where there doesn't seem to be any damage really raises some questions for me of the logistics of things so 
Um, I'm going to stop there. I I will give it a four for the plot because it's actually a sequel that is as good as, if not better than the original. Um, So I remember seeing the the trailer for this in theaters and I remember thinking like I didn't think I was going to like it. I liked the first one a lot, but something about the trailer made me think it was the kind of movie where it was really good the first try. Everyone loved it, but they're just going to mess it up the second time. Um, and unfortunately, that was not the case. They didn't mess it up. Um, I absolutely loved it. I wish I watched the first one um, soon before I saw the second because it really picks up like the next day. And I forgot yeah. like the dad kind of sacrificed itself. I kind of forgot like, oh, she just had her baby. Like I, I wish I watched it beforehand because you really do need a refresher um, with this. But I really liked it. Um, I thought without the dad, it would be a little weak because I, I think he kind of brought it together the first movie. But there was basically another father figure. And let's just say he's like the second dad because he basically acts like the dad anyway. So sure. I, I guess his role was still played. No, Jess, don't you remember? He's not like you. Uh, <laughs> not like him. Yeah, exactly. Reagan, Reagan and Emmett do not get along at first. That's <laughs> yeah. The- the, the daughter and yeah, Killian Murphy. Obviously, uh, that, that turns around. I really thought the kid was the Stranger Things kid, the one with curly hair, but I realized at the end, like, the only thing they had in common was the curly hair, and I just connected the two because they, they <laughs> seem so similar. But yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it more in the other categories, but I'll probably give this a four or five because I really enjoyed it. I was uh, I was anticipating this. I w- really wanted to see it, and you know, sequel problems. There always are sequel problems. Like, what do you do? You just do the same first movie over, and you can't really exactly do that because now the dad's dead. So now you have to do something different. So you go bigger, you expand the world, and that can either make the plot holes seem more plot holy, or it could actually you know invite new ideas and new ways to fight the enemies. And I think it did the latter. I think this is a good sequel. The store, the plot is really it's it ends up being a split plot because after we get the initial setup where the surviving Abbott family uh, meets Emmett in the mill, it becomes Emmett and Regan's story as they journey to try to find the the tower, the, the radio tower. And then Evelyn has to stay back with Marcus, who's injured because of the trap, uh, the newborn baby. And so they kind of, there's the two stories split and then, and they actually, I mean, when we get to the end, they don't really come back together. So I think this is definitely setting up for at least a third one. I don't think this is the no. end of the quiet place universe. Don't say no. We, we like both of these so far. So I think, you know, I trust John Krasinski directed both. He wrote this one by himself this time. The other one uh, was, uh, he, there was two other guys who wrote it with him. But this one, it was all all him. And I think he did a really good job uh, the second time around. He's got really good ability to build tension in different stories at the same time when we get to like some of the tense scenes where they're on the docks and it's at the same time as the oxygen's running out back at the factory and it's the same time that Emily Blunt's looking for the medicine like all of like the the good story beats line up at the same time which is like hard to do in a two or three pronged story it's really tight and well done um i was impressed by this quite a bit so i'm going to give the plot i think i'm going to give it a four for now i don't know if it's my favorite part because there are some holes just like in the first one there are some things where i'm like uh i don't know if that's like uh, i'll i'll, I'll kind of give it a pass but like uh, i feel like 
there's another way to go about this. But as far as like just like tense thriller horror storytelling goes, really, really solid, tight movie. Uh, the characters. We've got our Abbott family from last time, Evelyn, Regan, Marcus, and the baby. We've got Emmett. Uh, and then we've got a couple of people we meet later on, uh, some creepy dock people, some island people. Uh, so what do we think of these characters? Back to you, Jess. Um, so Emily Blunt has been a favorite of mine. I forgot where I first really liked her. Maybe it was, wasn't she on like Women on the Train, Woman on the Train or... Devil Wears Prada. So, so, oh, I forgot She's she was in Devil that, Wears Prada. I didn't, yeah. I recognize she was from there, but that's, that's not where I originally liked her. I think it was that the train one or something. I never saw the girl on the train. I never saw that one, but she was in it. Yeah, I think that's where I first liked her, and I've really liked her since. Um, So I was excited to see her in it. I think she played the part super well. She is like the the mom where obviously she cares about her kids first and keeping them safe. And when you have to keep a whole family quiet, she's good at containing that. (laughs) She'll sacrifice herself if she needs to, but she puts. She's just like your your typical mom, um, but super resourceful, and um, you know she has a lot of unique ideas and how to take care of her family. Um, the son was basically very useless his whole movie. He inconvenienced himself by like destroying his foot in, very early, and then he inconvenienced himself and the baby for uh, making noise in the house and bringing the and attracting the demogorgons to eat them. So he was only used to stir up the plot and. He he was pretty useless <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> he tried he tried to watch the baby. I mean he he did his best. He yeah he fucked up a good amount, and that actually I led mean, to a lot of the tension. Like a lot of like the tense scenes are like shit. They're running out of oxygen. Like and, yeah, you know, so he he only started the, the plot because of his inconveniences. He yeah he, um, <laughs> yeah, he provided no value of helping the family out at all. Um, he redeems he even, himself at the end. He gets the he gets that final shot on the in the on the demogorgon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Okay, yeah, he he does redeem himself. That is um, very redeemable. The daughter is kick ass. I mean, you couldn't find a little girl more brave ever in any other movie. She has the worst disadvantage by not being able to hear, so she can't tell when a demogorgon is approaching. Or when she accidentally makes a noise by bumping into something. But she has the most courage and she's so fearless wanting to basically like save her society or at least her family. Um, so she has a lot of perseverance even when she was up against like that best friend uncle guy. Um, she proved him wrong. She proved everyone else wrong. And she's very smart and resourceful. The uncle best friend guy... Uh, I, they, you make, they make you like him. Like he was a little standoffish at first, but, um, he, he redeemed himself. One of my favorite scenes is when he was on like the boat with like those, uh, Pirate of the Caribbean looking guys. And, um, he did the dive signal with his hands. And I was like, oh, that brings, that was so good. I don't know why. It was so yeah. stereotypical because it was like something in the very beginning that he learned and he used it. But for some reason, that scene really stuck with me. And I was like, that's clever. That was so good. Um, yeah. And then I guess who else is next? Like the people on the island. Um, I, I There's mean, the I one main bad. guy in the island. The guy, yeah, the, the, the one the, main the guy. I don't think character. he has a name in the movie. 
but he kind of no, he's credited after... as man man on island is what his, his character is credited as <laughs> basically yeah like the the governor of the island or whatever um he i i liked him a lot like once the the demogorgon came by boat he was just like all right this is what we're gonna do and they just he was just very smart all these people are, are very quick thinking within like this turmoil of the society that they had and it makes you think of like our society where we had covid and like nobody was quick thinking or smart about anything like we we could never survive in like a real world if we had a huge disaster considering how this pandemic played out <laughs> um but i it's probably true. i'm gonna give like the characters like a five because i really have nothing nothing wrong with like any of them all of them were very admirable besides the son who redeemed himself so give him credit for that <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm on the same page here in a lot of in a lot of ways. I think that the acting itself from every person is is really good, especially together. I can't even imagine how this is shot, you know, in, in different scenes and whatnot. But I feel like the relationships and the per, the feelings that are supposed to be portrayed in each of these scenes really is done well in all of the different senses. You know, they. They have, like you said, three, it's pretty much three different locations at one point that all have a very tense feeling and everyone carries their weight is basically what I want to say about that. So I think that the acting is really good in this. I think that Emily Blunt does well in horror type thriller, spooky films, um, more so than comedies, (laughs) but, um, I do, I do like her as well. I, I think that actually my favorite character is the son because you know Hmm, even though he has this horrible accident he still stays calm he stays focused on what he needs to do in order to help his his is it a brother a little sibling so you know even in this like i know i'd be fucking freaking out if i got stuck in that thing in that little coal oven or whatever the hell it was and he was like took the took the initiative to try to keep both of them alive and share that oxygen i was like you go little kid like i really liked him in this <laughs> um but i do agree this the strong female characters in this they don't give up they don't quit for their families themselves wanting to build a li- better life after this because they know that that's what her husband would want their and the child's dad and um, also the little child that they that they lost in the first one like they're doing it all for them i imagine so i feel that in this is what i'm trying to say like they give off emotion that feels real i have a beef with this uh island compound okay <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't it's really make combat. Sense. It's like a summer camp. It feels like it's just like yeah. It's it's all the it's all the the people that have been misplaced, I guess, and they found this refuge in a safe area. But well, they said it, on the first day there were like what like a dozen refugee boats, and then a bunch of people fucked up, and most of the boats got taken out. And I feel like they've. I think the, I think uh, Jamon Hansu's character even says like no one's come here since. Like it's just the people who made it that first day and then since then it's just been those people i don't have a problem with the compound okay I, I, that's wonderful and all but my question is we see the scary thing 
come over by the boat. He was stuck on the boat and it landed on land there. Yes. How didn't these things fall from the sky? So they just so happened to not fall on this compound area. It doesn't look like a very big island. It's pretty. It looks pretty small. It leads me to question how many of these things there actually are, because not to give away the ending, even though we, I guess I can, um, the two or three or four, I think, that were killed in this movie, the ending warrants us to, like, it wants us to believe that they killed all of them? There's only four? <laughs> I no, they, I think because they, they don't die from the sound. They, they It, like, weakens them and, like, makes them expose. It's, it exposes their, uh... Because yeah, you have to shoot them in, like, that fleshy part under their, their demigorgon face shield thing. And then that's what, like, weakens them so they can get hit. Okay, so we just have to assume that there are no more in the immediate vicinity of these people. Well, there's no more on the island because only that one made it to the island because it floated over on the boat. And then the other, and then I don't, that's the thing about where Evelyn and Marcus and baby are at the end. They're kind of, they're in a bad spot at the end. They're, they're Evelyn and Marcus are both injured. They both have leg injuries at this point and they got baby. And then I don't know how much oxygen they really have left, but, um, well, really none. They showed that the second one was depleted and the other one got blown up. So I don't think they have very much of anything. I don't know how many there are, but my, in my, in the radio broadcast at the beginning, it said there were like multiple, multiple crater sites. So I think uh, my assumption is the world is overrun with these and that we learn in this one, they can't swim. So maybe islands are the only place left where there are, are, he, like Ooh, human life. We'll get like a Moana crossover. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking the best place, like maybe Indonesia, has a bunch of people who survive because there's so many small islands. Like, the those are probably the safest places. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that. I guess I didn't want a scene that would have to be explained to me in this. Everything else pretty straightforward. I didn't really want something that had to be explained. So that's the only place I can dock points for. You know how I felt about it, um, but in terms of the characters, I liked everyone. I think everyone held up their end of the stick. So I'm gonna gonna give it a four, five, four point five. Sure. Uh, I think re- my memory from the first one is Reagan was kind of the Marcus in that she fucks up a good amount in the first one, and like Lee has to kind of clean up her shit in the first one, um, and in this one, she is like the boss. Like she is a beast. Reagan is the best character. She's so good. She's developed so well since the last one. Like she's had to a lot of pressure to become like really adult in this world where you know her father's dead. Like now it's just the mom trying to take care of everything, and like it's she's got a literally a newborn. It's like can't really have much <laughs> a newborn baby's like the worst thing to have in this world uh it's just gonna make noise randomly so i think i gotta carry that fucking crate around to put it in um but she her and emmett's story is definitely the a story it's the most interesting stuff emmett's a good character because you have to make him distinct from lee he has to be a little bit different he's a little more hardened he's definitely like because he's lost everybody, like whereas the, the the Abbott family has at least had each other over the past year and a half. He lost his kids on the first day. He lost his wife recently. He says any other people he's met are just terrible. That's why he has those traps all around. He's like a totally like I've given up on this world. And then here come the Abbott family, giving him the slightest bit of hope. And Regan is really like the one who like shows him like no, we can fight. Like we have to fight back. We have to do something. Like we can't just wait around to die. We have to 
to get a plan together, and that's what she does. So their A story is very good, and they're both really well fleshed out characters. Emmett's distinct from the father in the first one in a lot of ways, so really good development for both of them. Leaving the the B story with Evelyn, Marcus, and and and. Uh, baby to be not as good still tensely made like i like the when the water's coming down in the in the factory and uh, evelyn's there's like a lot of creative ways where she like tries to fight them with blowing up the oxygen tank then the water comes down and like it can't quite hear because the water really distorts their hearing because it's running um so a lot of like clever stuff in that they've they've adapted very well to this life i know it's the the first kill that they get on a on a demigorgon creature in this one is great when uh, it's it's sprinting in after the kid's got his leg in the trap, and immediately Re- Regan grabs the hearing aid and the, the radio thing. Evelyn pulls out the shotgun, and then they just like immediately as as soon as it gets close, like they, like clockwork. It's great. It's it's such great development on like how you like fight something in this world, and it's a good. It's why the sequel works is that we're building on the building blocks in the first one. The first one could have just been a nice standalone story in an apocalypse, and now we're building this world where well, not only can we have the sound to fight them, then we learn in this one they can't swim. And then we also meet other civilizations, kind of like you would in a zombie apocalypse. You meet other types of people. You meet the island squad, which hasn't done much of anything, and they're still a relatively good people. But then you also have the weird dock people who are all like, I don't really know what their deal is. And kind of one of my nitpicks is we don't get any development with them, and they all just kind of die. Weird, it's really it's, weird. It's, it's, they, they don't seem like, they seem formidable, but not really, because they all die as soon as, you know, they, they jump in the water. Like, they, they don't have to outsmart them that much to to defeat them, which is kind of it's that's one of my like nitpicky things. And also just the creature floating all the way to the island is uh uh I mean I know you have to get a creature over to the island somehow so you can have that last fight scene, but uh a bit of a stretch plot wise, which is why it's wasn't a perfect plot, but um the character Emmett and Regan carry the movie and are really good, well defined characters, and the B story has still got good enough characters uh, moments to um, be really tense and interesting to watch. So I'm at a four on this as well. I guess is where I'm landing. Uh, r- r- visual and sound. What do we think of these choices, Nicole? I think this movie is really beautifully made. I I was just really stunned the whole time at how realistic this looks and how realistic this feels like it could like this could happen tomorrow. <laughs> like these people would be prepared for it. I just I think it's so smart to make a series of movies based off of this idea that you need to be silent and that's the total opposite of what we expect from a movie experience but the 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 sound they use does not detract from how we're feeling about having to be quiet you know they we know they have to be quiet but the music that they use or or the the you know something that they input into the movie doesn't feel like it's going to detract from from the seriousness of it. I, I tell you, that fucking kid ruined some of it, though, for me, next to me. The kid, I'm not the even kid chewing that next to be you. Funny. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying it seriously because it's part of the experience. Like, this is the movie's supposed to be fucking quiet, and it's... it's funny to hear. He's ruffling like... It was like a chip bag. It was like a pretty... And it, I and don't know the, why he had to eat it so slow. He ate it the M&Ms, and the M&Ms movie. are crunkling around. Ugh. Anyway, I'll get that out of the way. That also I... happened to you when we saw that movie, um, the one that we all love. Well, was... The sci-fi movie we all love. Oh, Annihilation? 
Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> in that movie too it's just it's just it's always an unfortunate and you have a noise thing you you're very sensitive like i hear it but like it doesn't really bother me and i can like kind of shake it off and you like you fixate on it yeah yeah but anyway i think that should i think that should give an enough props to how well the movie was made the fact that i didn't totally ruin my experience um and I think it looks really cool. I think that the the scary dudes look cool. They look scary. I think the whole idea of having this this whole movie rely on two tiny pieces of equipment, a hearing aid and a radio or a speaker, like that makes it feel so real that this could happen because it's not some high-tech bullshit thing that they built. It's not some machine that doesn't make sense. It's literally everyday objects that one are required for her to hear so she can perform the tasks but it's also to kill the enemy like that that hearing aid piece is just really fascinating that's part of why the Um, first one's so good is that the whole family knows sign language because she's deaf so everyone in the family knows sign language so it helps them right it doesn't feel out of it doesn't feel out of the ordinary for like of course they would know how to communicate you know yeah, you said um, the deaf, so her deafness it, is a weakness, but really, like, if it weren't for her deafness, they probably wouldn't know sign language, and, you know, they might not have made it no, as No, it's far. true. Yeah. And the fact that she understands the radio frequencies, I'm sure her ear gets blasted sometimes, so she's smart enough to know that that could be used. Like, I just, I love all of that. I, I, I prefer more of the visual and sound in the first one, when we get the setup of their their little compound where they had the string lights hung up and they changed them red when it was bad to go outside. Like that was something I wish was brought into this one a little bit more. I guess they tried to do that with the oxygen tank and stuff, little pieces here and there, but um, overall I really have nothing to fault about it. So I'll give it, I'll give it a four or five for that too. Um, For a movie that where you can't talk, there's not a lot of what dictation or, I don't, is that the right word? Dialogue. It, like you could understand everything, and you yeah, weren't you don't rely on emotion and, to the what they're saying. Yeah, and I feel like that's really hard to do because when you think of a movie where you can't talk, I think your first thought is like a silent film, and you definitely can't watch a two-hour silent film because that's just well, nonsense. you can't, but not. <laughs> well, fine. I'm sure most people can't watch a two-hour silent film, but this it. Like, you almost forgot, like, the talking was not a thing. And I remember texting you guys, like, still 40 minutes, like, driving. I felt like I still I still shouldn't talk or, like, I <laughs> can't talk. Like, I, I was still in the movie afterwards. My favorite part of the visual and sound is how the two stories, like, between the son and the mother and the daughter and, like, the best friend guy, how they were parallel in sections. And it's hard to explain, but... Something they went through, and it swapped scenes to the mother and the daughter. Like, the yeah. same thing happened. And that was done really well, because I can't imagine how hard that is to make that super effective. But that was that was great. And the uh, the boat scene with the, um, with the Pirates of the Caribbean guys. I don't really know what that was. Like, were they supposed to be zombies or what? No one really explained who those guys were. They were just... <laughs> They were just Whatever. Bad, um, bad guys looked, that lived on the docks, and I, I, they I don't know. To me, like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird. You're you're right because the the 
difference between those people who look like they haven't bathed in a year and the other people that we follow who probably also haven't bathed that well in a year, they look so much cleaner and like better than them. And it doesn't really make sense. But I thought like that daughter who was like turned around on the dock, like purposely to scare him, like looked like a ghost. Like she they, did, they but made I think her she look was just like a dirty. ghost. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they were supposed to be supernatural. I think they're yeah, just like dirty, gross. I mean, they they make, look like yeah. again, like Pirates of the Caribbean, like the dirty ship crew. Like they, they looked did. like them, <laughs> and their clothes were like them. They were like hanging off and like ratty, <laughs> ratty like them. What it's, what's uh, weirdest about them is that when we learn that they can't swim, like we that, like it makes sense you would live by water then if you know they can't swim. But they have a lot of boats. How have they never gone to the island? Or like, because yeah. I, I get the impression that they've never gone. But we, we see the first thing that Emmett and Regan do as soon as they can is get in the boat and go to the island, which is, you know, the song's playing Beyond the Sea. Like, that's like the, the message that they use on the island, try to get people uh, go beyond the sea and there's a place where it's safe. Um, But the thing is, like, with them, I'm surprised that, like, we don't question them more. Because if you see two strangers, like, on your island and you try to attack them like you think that they're going to scream so if there's two people approaching you i think you'd probably think a little more strategically like how do we get rid of them without making any noise they're really strange people i don't i don't it's underdeveloped i was hoping for more from you know another tribe of of survivors you know yeah so, I mean, I think the movie was good enough where we didn't question them too much. Um, but I think that whole little thing is definitely questionable of what that was, who they were, and um, all of that stuff. But other than that, like, again, the visual and sound worked so well. You didn't need to have any communication verbally. The visual, um, let's see, the sounds, like, the sound of the demic organs, like, the music, I think... All that was super effective. Like Nicole said, it was shot really well. Other than that one scene, I really don't have any other um, complaints. So I'm I'm going to give it a five still. Yeah, so just because. my favorite, and you were talking about it, Jess, and I was talking about it the beginning with the plot, it's like the way that they line the A and B stories up at the same time so that when we cut to the pirates and we cut back to... Uh, the kid, and we cut back to Evelyn in the drugstore. All of it's ha- like all the tension is happening at the same time, which is hard to do when you have you know different storylines. You have to try to line up all the tense moments, but also make it like plausible, like not just like oh, it just happens to be lining up like this. So that's all really good. I already said the water, the sprinkler scene where uh, she uh, uh, Emily Blunt's hiding in like the sprinkler area. So that the thing doesn't get her. Like, I thought that was really good. Um, especially when, I like to, when the girl, when they have the girl in like the train car. We haven't talked about the train car at all. And when it's her, we don't hear anything because she's deaf. So we get, like, her point of view. But then when, like, uh, when Emmett shows up, then we get his point of view and, and we can hear things again. So I like that we cut back and forth between literally like not just no dialogue but no sound at all because she's deaf and then we cut just to see how it is for her and like how crazy things are like when like one of the demogorgons shows up and she's literally and she's deaf so she can't even hear it we just see it show up in the background like effective filmmaking it's all really good stuff like that yeah i forgot to comment about that but i was gonna say something about that too that was done really well 
I want more of that. Yeah, it's 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 what works about this world. We need and to be in her shoes to understand how difficult this is. They should add more. Of they it. could have had more of it, but I mean, I guess I mean they. I think they had more in the first one too. Um, and yeah, she is. I I would consider her the main character of this. I mean, I know that Evelyn and Emmett are the adults, but she really drives the narrative. She arcs the most. Uh, well, maybe Emmett. Emmett. Emmett goes from being like down on his luck, hopeless, no one around, to now he's got this whole civilization and uh, you know a, a, a daughter figure for himself. And even though she's you know <laughs> even better at surviving than he is, um, in, in different ways. But a lot of good, a lot of good filmmaking choices uh, that just lead the tension. The te- it's it's so edgy your seat and. Even uh, even I could cut through that uh, guy chewing next to Nicole, that little kid chewing next to Nicole. It, it, uh, it, if, when you ha- when Nicole has a distraction like that and she still enjoys the movie, that's how you know it's it's working. Like uh, <laughs> I think that me happened. Me and Brennan were were gripping hands pretty tight throughout the especially whole thing. Like when it they, was genuinely scary. Especially when they cut to the the Marcus and the baby, and then the door closes and the rag's not there. And you're like, fuck, you know the oxygen's going to run out. And then he didn't see the oxygen tank was also super low. And then the baby's crying in there and he's like going to pass out. I'm like, oh, it's I know. I, and I'm just like, they're not going to kill the kid and the baby in the middle of the movie. It's not going to happen. They're not going to do that. Are they going to do that? They killed the kid in the, with mm-hmm. the space shuttle in the first one in the opening scene. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they would do that. But <laughs> um, it, yeah, really good, really good tension all throughout in several different moments, all tied together. Nice and neat. 4.5 for the visual. You know, fuck that. Five for the visual and sound. Fuck that. Five for the visual and sound. This is uh, very okay. tight. Yeah, f- fuck that. Five for the visual and sound. Uh, and now let's get to our two-pronged ending. So uh, after evading the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, <laughs> Evel- or Emmett and Regan reach the island where they learn from Jamon Hansu that uh, they, they this is everyone's talking freely there and like you know there's no noise guard because the the, the demigorgons can't reach there they can't swim, uh, which I also liked when we saw the one fall in the water and I don't know what they eat. Do they breathe oxygen? Like, I don't know. And, like, when when it drowns, does it die? Or is it now just on the ocean floor? Like, interesting things to think about for whenever we get the third one. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going for a third one after this ending. Um, but one of the one Demogorgon floats over to the island and starts ripping people up. Uh, Regan, Emmett, and, uh, and the guy, man man from island have to get uh get in their car distract the thing get all the way to the radio tower so that uh, she can send the signal out of course guy doesn't make it gets ripped up uh meanwhile uh, emily blunt has made it back to uh to marcus and the baby but now they've got more demogorgons coming in on them as well so they're trying to hide in the uh, in the little uh, whatever the little airlock thing so these these are the two endings that are happening and Regan is able to get her earpiece to the the radio uh the radio microphone i guess that's playing beyond the sea and it emits that really high pitched frequency that blasts all the creatures in the surrounding area and it fucks their heads up and they're getting all like explodey looking and that's when Regan picks up a like a spear kind of thing like a metal rod and then back at the other place Marcus picks up a, a handgun and it kind of mirrors the first one where in the first one it was uh, Emily uh, Emily Blunt's character who's able to shoot the one uh, and this one it's the two kids back and forth we see them each kill one of the new one of the guys 
uh, one of the Demogorgons. So that is where we end. We end with our our family is separate. So it's I'm curious what they're going to do in the future because you're thinking like, oh, are they going to go back and get them? Like, do they even know if they're alive? So the Evelyn, Marcus, and Baby are in kind of a bad spot. Low oxygen, both injured. Whereas Evelyn or uh, Regan and Emmett have found this new place, new information. Uh, but how are they going to continue to fight against the Demigorgons? Uh, yeah, so they have to they have to go back on a boat, right, to get back. Yeah, they do have boats. So there are a couple boats on the island, so they can get back if they want to. But that's what, like, what are they going to do the next one? Are they going to like try to get more people to the island, or are they going to? try to blast the frequency further so they can fuck up more of them. Cause like you said, you didn't think there are many, I'm, I'm thinking what's happening right now is like all the demigorgons that are just like in the surrounding area that aren't currently like killing something. They're all fucked up right now. Like they, they probably have to leave this, this, whatever this radio tower radius is like that. They probably all have to get out of there because they just get blasted in the head by that sound. So Curious, we got thoughts for maybe a sequel in the future, but that's how this second one ends. What do we think of The Resident and Feel Jess? I kind of wish there's a hope that there's not another movie, just because these two are so good. I that's hate to see I them make a third. <laughs> you guys, are, you guys don't trust. You're not believers. You gotta believe. I'm not. Well, because there's so much evidence of, like, a movie successful. They make another one, and they want to do it just as well, and it just... It, they just ruin it. They, they should just stop when it's good and not try to prolong it. It's such a unique plot. Like, don't keep wanting to repeat it just because you can make good money off of it and everyone likes it. You say that, but Jess, but how, bad, I was... but how bad do you and I want Creep 3? So... Oh, bad. Yeah, exactly. It's the, same, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, it's another... Whole... I actually message Mark Duplass, like, every now and then. and be like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> Never responded, but I, I message him every now and then. <laughs> um, oh, that's fantastic. But I don't know. Like, these movies are so unique. Like, I... Whatever. I, I Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Like, I was surprised I really like this one. I think it's a great movie. You should go see it. But I definitely recommend watching um, the first one, like not soon before after you see the second, because it really just picks up like the, the next day. I don't know. The, re- the residence of Yule is all there. <laughs> I like it a lot. When we left the theater, I just thought to myself, like, wow, that was really, really good. <laughs> and I just thought it was really beautifully made. And was really impressed by it. Um, But I have to agree. I always think how much is too much of a good thing. Like you can't. You can't keep doing it. (laughs) Um, But that's just me being selfish I guess. I really liked this. I thought it was really entertaining. It was something I could watch again. And probably find more things that they so cleverly put in here. And it was a type of movie where the camaraderie of other people in the in the theater besides Chip Kid really enhanced it. Like everyone was quiet. Everyone was intrigued. Everyone was fearing, you know, what was happening. And when something did happen, you could, I love a movie where you hear everyone gasp at the same time. It just really adds to it. So I thought it that the, the, the whole thing was just really entertaining and it's very unique and it's, what I always ask for in every review that we've done, something unique, please. <laughs> and I think that I think that this delivers that. So I'm, I'm, I'll give it a five. I uh, I say make another one. I'm I'm t- I'm pro make another one of these. He's 
did John Krasinski make a third? Because he, you, you're two and zero. Oh. You got two, and this one you wrote by yourself. You proved that you don't, you don't need the other two writers to to help you. You've proven that you can create a very solid sequel that builds on the world, makes it better. They have two good child actors, which is not always what happens. Sometimes you make a, a film series and you have kid actors, and they grow up, and you're like, eh. Kid looks kind of weird now. I don't really think they're a very good actor, actually. Like, I don't know if it's going to work. But uh, Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe, I mean, you can say what you want about the Marcus character uh, as a character, but I think they're both good actors. And so I think they can. They have the right tools in place. They have a cliffhanger-ish ending that makes me want more. I want to know more. I want to know if they're going to find the family. I want to know if they're going to be able to... Uh, what new tools they have in the first, because the first one is like all survival, and the second one is a lot more like let's start to fight back. And I'm curious if they can if they can do more. I I I, I want to see more of the world. So I have a high resonance feel. It is a four or five, uh, one of the better movies I've seen so far this year. Worth the wait, worth the anticipation, met my expectations. So we're at the end. We're gonna recommend Quiet Place Part Two, Nicole. Um. Yeah. I definitely will. I think a lot of people will like this. Yeah, I, I said it in the last segment, but 100% recommend. Um, but just watch the first one, or at least the recaps, because, um, it again, it's like the next day. Yeah, I, I think that would be helpful. And yeah, so we're at three strong recommends, it sounds like, for this second Quiet Place. So Quiet Place Part 2 is a success, and... Uh, yeah, we've had a couple of reviews lately that we haven't loved, so this is a good a good win. Uh, so we got that in the books. We've got some more streaming movies coming up. A couple more theater movies in like July. I think it's kind of. I think June's a little quieter, but July we definitely have more coming up. Uh, but our next episode is a host pick episode, and it is my turn to host pick. Oh so. God, Jess. Every single time. Every single time, you guys. Oh, no. You're whining and complaining, and then it's not that bad. Uh, so I, I had struggles to figure out what I wanted to do because all the things that I, I want to talk about, I'm like, nah, no one's going to like it. Like You guys are just going to not get it or think it's stupid. or And so I, 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 avoid, I try to pick things that someone's going to like. Um, and uh, Nicole, I don't know if you're going to love this pick, but I think Mama K and Jess will... Uh, find something good out of it we're doing a sequel a sequel host pick we haven't done a sequel host pick before we're doing a sequel to my host pick from last june we're doing season two of love death and robots love death and robots Uh, is coming back I thought that the octopus guy made a sequel, and I was like, there's no way. (laughs) What would that sequel even be? Like, either he found a new animal to attach to, to, attach to, or, like, I don't know, or he found another octopus. I love that that's what you thought my sequel was. We're going to do my octopus teacher, too. I'm going to pick Pigeon Kings. I could have made you guys do Pigeon Kings. Um, no, so but uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, one of my favorite episodes we did last year. I just liked recording that one. I liked Jess's uh, Cliff Notes. Very, very fun. So we're doing a repeat this time. Six. Oh yeah, I'll do the Cliff Notes again. That was very fun. It's an episode. I look forward to this uh, this one, and I think uh, this second season there are definitely less animated boobs, Nicole. So maybe you'll have a better chance of uh, Good. of liking them. I, I I don't even know if any of the ones I picked have any animated boobs. So you might uh, you might be All okay. Right. This, you might be okay this time around. So these are the six that we're gonna do. Uh, I'll text it to you guys later and give you. I'll you know what? we'll do the same thing. I'll give you guys your own unique order again too. We'll do a full full on sequel. 
so these are the episodes that we'll be covering for the listeners for next episode of Love, Death, and Robots Volume 2. The episodes are Automated Customer Service, Ice, Pop Squad, The Tall Grass, All Through the House, and The Drowned Giant. So those are the six episodes we'll be doing. They're between 7 and 18 minutes long, although with credits, they're actually even a little shorter than that. Altogether, this will be less than an hour, so you're welcome, Jess. So that is what we're doing (laughs) for our host pick, my host pick, for next episode, Love, Death, and Robots, Volume 2. It's on Netflix. Go check it out if you want to get ahead of it before that episode comes out. And if you want to recommend anything to us for future episodes, Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore Podhost. I've been not super active on there, but I'm going to get another tournament going soon. So get a nice summer tournament on Instagram, all the fun things. And finally, email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Thank you guys for being on for A Quiet Place Part 2. Yay! Till next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.